0: ants is back in the house let's go
1: (laughs) oh yeah in fact i'm gonna use that ants is back (laughs) after six months not doing anything ants is back (laughs) (laughs) welcome ladies and gentlemen and people who identify otherwise my name is reese parton and I just want to go on record that I'm sorry for the delay, but it's been a hectic year for the two of us. The two of us being me, Rhys, and my co-host, Sandro. Hello. We're finally here, not talking about the thing I think we said we would, which is the second half of the first season of New Doctor Who.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: I think we said we'd do that, and we will do it eventually, uh, but
0: we're, we're, we're we're working our way through them. <laughs> we are, okay, and okay. we're also
1: trying to watch new films, because as you're aware of- the uh last two episodes on the feed that was our best of tvs shows and movies of last year yep and you have to watch new stuff to be able to do that so i'm struggling to fit new stuff in my schedule let alone go back and watch a show from what is it now 18 years ago
0: about 18 years ago and also the the best of movies came out like four and a half months ago as well so we haven't been that inactive it's just been a while since we recorded
1: (laughs) Don't remind me how long it took me to edit those. (laughs) So, yeah, we're here today to do what we sort of did in our previous podcast that we used to do. we are going to talk about things that we have consumed in the time between the last episode and this one. Yeah. And there's quite a bit, so we've had to narrow it down to the things that we wanted to talk about. And we're going to take it in turns and and go through a nice little list that we've got and uh, hopefully entice you to maybe tell us what you've been consuming.
0: Exactly, and then we're gonna be back. Um, we're hoping to record at some point over the next seven days. Uh, we're gonna talk about Barbieheimer because we're both watching both of them. Uh, because you got her, you got her, you simply got her.
1: Oh yeah, I loved the way experts said, "Ah, well, you see, one audience will go and see that, one audience will go and see that," and I'm I'm very stereotypical in that regard, and I'm judging it like that, and then the internet is like, "Yeah." I'm going to see both.
0: (laughs) I'm going to go see both. Hasn't happened since Mamma Mia and The Dark Knight, so I'm glad that it's happening
1: again. (laughs) Another Nolan Uh, film.
0: uh, Another Nolan film. It was meant to happen for uh, John Wick 4 and Matrix 4, but they pulled John Wick 4 for a a few years, so unfortunately Mm. that didn't happen. It's happening again in September for an event called Saw Patrol, uh, which is Saw 10 and the Paw Patrol (laughs) movie.
1: (laughs) Wow.
0: <laughs> I, I'm not going to see either, but I'm uh, glad that it's <laughs>
1: it's happening. I, I quite like it. It's quite funny. It is funny. Speaking of which, I've seen both of the films that we will talk about today. They're both very mm. good for their own reasons. I'm not going to say anything else because I don't want to tarnish anything for Sandro, who's planning to see it <laughs> tomorrow at the time of recording.
0: That's right. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot in the DMs oh, in yeah. between recording sessions, but I'm we're sure. probably going to to rush that recording out because we both want to talk about it oh, yeah. very badly which would be good fun
1: I want to talk about how every Nolan film that I've seen since The Dark Knight Rises and including The Dark Knight Rises have been a bit too long mm. good but long
0: it's because he writes them now and he's not a he, he just just edit yourself Nolan just... <laughs> we'll talk about that in the episode I
1: reckon we will let's let's do that yeah yeah yeah
0: my opinions on Nolan post Dark Knight anyway
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, they're very different to pre-Dark Knight. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go first, or should I?
0: I can go first. Um, just a bunch of stuff that, that we've been watching, reading, and talking about. I yeah, I want to talk about something that I've been watching right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a show that I did mention in our end of year TV episode. Uh, that was something that I wanted to watch and then I didn't because uh, I didn't have time. But I have finally watched The Bear.
1: Oh, I've heard so much about it
0: on Disney Plus. Show about making. F- Food, run in a restaurant. It's like uncut gems, but for but for running
1: a restaurant. It's like uncut jams?
0: Uncut jams. The whole show is a panic attack, basically. <laughs> Very high-paced editing. Lots and lots and lots of yelling. Anyway, I love it. It's great. I binged season one, I want to say like a month ago, and then season two... Uh, finally came out in Australia just a few days before we recorded this episode, so I'm halfway through season two. It is, it is, it, yeah, I, it makes complete sense that this is doing well, like, it's Mm. so much fun. I don't find stuff like this particularly, like, it doesn't make me that anxious. There was only one episode in season one that made me anxious and that's purely because it was a one-shot episode. The whole episode was shot, (laughs) yeah, to look like it's in one shot. There's something happening in the background that kind of provides a beat to the entire episode. So the whole episode's soundtrack is one BPM. Uh, It just, it's (laughs) stays that way the whole way through, and the tension just rises and rises and rises. That's the only episode that really got me. I, I don't particularly find stuff like this that anxiety producing because um when you have ADHD, your life is like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think um, it's... I love that people like this. I like that this show got really popular because it's really, it's, it's really fun. Is it
1: sort of like Chef to a degree? Um, or is, am I just linking two food-themed shows or stories together?
0: I think no. I think it is a little bit because Chef is also very. I mean, it's Jon Favreau, so the dialogue is not necessarily dense, but very quick. Yeah, and snappy, but not always funny. Like there's yeah. a lot of quips, but the quips could be insults towards other people.
1: More about how it's delivered than being a incredibly witty quip but if if someone can play with it really well then it works
0: yeah it is a lot like chef actually it's not as wholesome as chef gets
1: no it doesn't sound like it
0: there are some moments where you're like oh like every character there's one in particular um the guy called richie because uh the show's about a brief synopsis uh kami he's an award-winning chef uh, his brother has passed away, so he's taken over his restaurant and he's trying to put it back together because it's a complete disaster. <laughs> That's the general premise of it. It's set in Chicago, and um, you've got the manager of the restaurant uh, is this guy called Richie. Uh, he's a bit of a loud mouth. He's incredibly rude to everyone. Uh, a bit problematic at points as well. But then there's like a particular point in I want to say like episode three where it's revealed. That he has a daughter and everything he is doing is for that daughter. And you're like, oh, wait, I like this guy now. God damn it. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that. Like, every character has an arc and a reason to be doing what they're doing. It's great. All the acting is great. Highly recommend it. If you got the Disney, uh, check it out. It might be on Hulu in America. I'm not sure.
1: I think it is, yeah.
0: But yeah, it's really good. I was uh, hoping to be over halfway at this point. You know, I was I sat down earlier today and I was like I'm going to watch two episodes because they're all about 25 half an hour each. I sat down, okay. I'm like I'm going to watch two two episodes. I watched one episode yeah. and I was like let's d- do it one more episode. I clicked play next and it was an hour and 6 minutes. So oh, it's okay.
1: <laughs>
2: it's a bit
0: the episode length uh, kind of varies uh, which is very funny i wasn't expecting that
1: i'm on record as saying that i like that for things like the mandalorian and whatnot if you've got a story that's a certain length tell that story you don't have to stretch it out oh definitely and try not to cut it down too much if it needs to be a bit longer go a bit longer i like that
0: yeah and i think it's just kind of surprising that i was talking to someone about this i was like is the bear a sitcom and technically it is because each episode because like it is a situation and it is funny (laughs) <laughs> so it is technically a sitcom. Um, So it, it was really weird to be like, oh, wait, an episode of this sitcom about a restaurant is an hour and six minutes. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, I do like that as well. And yeah, no surprise that the show is winning all the awards. Um, yeah. So many cameos as well from people that you, Reese, will be like, oh, my God, that person's in this. Um, Because there were a lot of moments where I just like pointed at the screen like, what?
1: You did the Leo DiCaprio thing.
0: I did it, and I even did it in season two, because like, there's so many cameos in season one and then a big one in season two, where I was like, "What? The-
1: why is that
0: person in this show now?
1: I don't know if he's a cameo or not, but is Will Poulter in it? That is the season two cameo, yes. Okay. That's the one where I was like, what? Because I saw an interview with him, and he's so knowledgeable about food. It was really cool.
0: Oh, yeah, and one thing I love about it as well is, uh, speaking about that, yeah. a lot of the... Cast members aren't cooks, aside from one guy who is, he kind of works for the restaurant, but he's the only person at the restaurant who isn't a cook. <laughs> His character is the one character who isn't a cook, but in real life, he's the one out of all the cast members who is a cook. And I love that. That's very funny.
1: So the director says, now just do this with the pot and then la 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 And then he says, but they wouldn't do that. Yeah. That's not how that works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a consultant or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like <laughs> <enough. laughs> anyway, um, I highly, I highly recommend it. Nice. Season two so far has been mm. a lot chiller than season one. Um, but I think that's just because it's the middle season. I think they're only gonna do three from what I can tell, which is good. I, I like that. So yeah, the bear, check it out. It's good stuff. Um, definitely worth all the hype that it's getting. Nice. Highly recommend that. What's something you've been doing, Reese?
1: Well, uh, I'll go. I'll talk about some movies that I've watched, and this is quite a few, because I'm trying to watch the new movies that come out, but some of them I haven't seen associated films. So that includes, I want to see Creed 3, but I'd never seen the Rocky films Mm -hmm. until this year. And uh, they were pretty bloody good. (laughs) I was kind of surprised because I'm not very sportsy and I had them down in my brain as sort of sports films. And they are, they've got elements of sports in there, but they're really good dramas as well, except for three. I reckon the drama in that... Fi- Rocky three? Or was it three? No. Four. Four.
0: Four's the comedy one, isn't it?
1: That's the Russian one. the ru- uh,
0: yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's basically the comedy one.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it's so camp and silly and yeah. oh my God. I will give it credit. I do think the cinematography and the actual fight itself mm. between... I'm just going to say Dolph Lundgren and Rocky <laughs> was probably the best out of them all, even though I didn't like the story of Four very much at all. Yeah. But no, I, I really liked it. I could see why they are considered classics in the, in the industry. Yes. It's just funny watching. I've seen Stallone in so many other things and then watching a film so focused on him. I'm like, Oh, I, I get why people like this guy so much. <laughs> yeah. And and there were really it was really interesting watching how I really liked the first. I think the second's my favorite. Okay. And then is the the third one had the robot, didn't it? <laughs> I, th- I,
0: robot. Yes. <laughs> I I think Rocky 3 is robot, yes. I think I so. everything
1: about the third one except for that bloody robot.
0: <laughs> that is the entirely fair.
1: Yeah. And then um
0: oh, that's the one with th- uh with Mr. T, isn't it? He's the Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then the protege who turns on him. Yes. And that was a good fight, actually, in the street. I like the cinematography of that. That was quite good. Oh, and Carl Weathers. Mm. My God, that man is so good. <laughs> yep. I think I might move on to another series of films. I hope it's a series. <laughs> so far, there are only two. And that is the Extraction films with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yes. I really liked the first one It was not what I was expecting it to be And it was very good Okay Have you seen number two?
0: I've only seen one I I thought it was fine I didn't really rush out to see the second one But it is on my list I do want to watch it Uh,
1: Second one on a technical level is better Okay And the reason why I put this on the list Is because you mentioned that episode of uh, the bear That is shot like a one shot Oh Yes there's a twenty-one minute sequence in Extraction Two. Okay. That is a one shot. Because they did that in the first one, but it was only ten. Yeah.
0: Minutes or something, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it was. But and then about two minutes in, I realized, oh, they're doing a oneer. This is great. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, 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 this is good. I love one shots. It reminds me of <laughs> Daredevil and how they had to try and compete with their own hallway scenes. It's great. Yeah. And yep. Uh, and then you get to number two and it includes almost every sort of action you possibly can. It's great. Okay. There are elements of it I rolled my eyes at, like can Chris Hemsworth die or is he just the Terminator (laughs) secretly? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But other than that, I I enjoyed it for what it is. It's an action movie with over-the-top stunts, which people would die with, but who cares? It's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I liked the first one tried to do some earnest stuff that I didn't particularly like, but it was was fine. It was was fun.
1: Oh, David Harbour was good in the first one. I didn't know he was in it, so I went, oh, cool. He was
0: in the first one. That's right.
1: Yeah, he was. So, yeah, I mean, they're not the best films, but they were good for what they are, and I really, I was taken back by the the one-shots or the appearing-to-be-one-shots in both Mm. of them, and I really appreciated that because I think that's a good achievement. So, uh, Rocky... And extraction. Those films I've been watching. I'm pretty happy with that. And I'll hand over to you for the next thing on your list.
0: Awesome. Ah, a bunch of Star Wars stuff. I decided to nice. try and catch up on stuff. I still haven't finished Andor season two. Uh, season one. Um, <laughs> I need to. I needed. I need to do that. <laughs> I love the first six episodes. I loved, it was oh, so, so good. good. I need to either rewatch them and just continue with the season, or just jump back in from the halfway point. Which honestly, you kind of can do. Cause yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can.
0: It's very easy to pick up if and it was down, any but...
1: other star wars or marvel show you'd technically be correct that you're up to season two because they're all six episodes whereas... am, that's true <laughs> <laughs> whereas Andor's longer
0: <laughs> but yeah i uh decided to catch up on some star wars stuff i've been watching all the animated stuff that i've missed um i saw tales of the jedi which was like an anthology thing uh following on from clone wars the same art style as clone wars uh focusing Yay. on some random Ahsoka stories and a bunch of stuff with Count Dooku, how he turned to the dark side. The the, the Dooku stuff, really good. The Ahsoka stuff, eh?
1: I loved her fight in the last episode, but yeah, it could have just been a flash forward during Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, it didn't feel like it added anything. Mm. Although her, the final episode was kind of like a retread of the book that they put out, the Ahsoka book. Uh, that they yeah. put out when Rebels reintroduced her character, so hmm. I, I don't know. I I thought it was it was fine. It was good to see the animation, and again, it was good to hear. Is it Ashley Johnson who voices her in the animated stuff? I think it's Ashley Johnson.
1: Ashley Eckstein.
0: Oh, Eckstein,
1: of course. Or Eckstein. Apologies. I've forgotten how to say it.
0: But uh, it, was, it was fine. I watched that. I'm reading some High Republic stuff. Oh, it's such a... I loved how The High Republic started. I loved that first book. And it's just... It's not captured that magic again. Oh, no. I, I don't know what... I think it's the writing team. Because the guy who kind of led uh Phase 2, which is what I just finished, is Kevin Scott. And I don't... He uses the same writing, I guess, tricks every single time he writes something. Uh, and. Yeah. He kind of wraps up uh, Phase 2, Phase 1, Wave 2. The releases, it's Star Wars. It's all over the place. Stop
1: doing a Marvel. Just let Marvel do phases. Just write stories for everything else. Uh,
0: But yeah, like he wrapped it up with an audio drama called Tempest Runner, which focuses on one of the uh, antagonists of the series. And it was okay, but every chapter was modern-day framing device to flashback. We go back and forth between two plots, learn a little bit, and then action, end. Next chapter, <laughs> it's a framing device modern, and then flashback.
1: <laughs> Hang on a second. What, what's that noise? Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. That's an arrow thing. It's
0: arrow. <laughs> it's arrow. And it got annoying.
1: I love you, arrow, but that got tedious by season five. <laughs>
0: but, yeah. I think even season three was when the... ah. Oh. Maybe? When did the flashbacks get annoying for me? I can't remember.
1: I don't know. I'm going to say four because that was the worst season.
0: (laughs) Yeah, four was pretty terrible. (laughs) But five was kind of great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, five redeemed it a lot. But I got tired of the flashback structure of, like you said, we've got a problem. How are we going to solve this? Hmm, this reminds me of a time when... (laughs) Okay, I've got the solution now. Let's go do it.
0: But it's always like this reminds me of a time that's chronologically in order with the rest yes. of the flashbacks that we've been doing. Yes, like, exactly. Okay.
1: That's that's the problem. If it flashback even a year before then yes. then that's a bit better. But it, it was his fourth year on the island, and this is his fourth year back home. Mm. And it yeah, that just got frustrating.
0: Yeah, it just gets a bit frustrating. But yeah. I I'll yeah. High Republic. I think it's cause that wave of books and audio stuff was led by Kevin Scott, whereas it seems like Wave 3 is led by a different person who's got a better track record for me. So okay, yeah, I will get back into it, Um, but I am reading something else that I will talk about in a bit. Uh, I'm also watching Star Wars Visions, which about halfway through season two at the moment. I like it. I like animated anthology stuff. It's basically just love, death, and robots, but Star Wars. Yeah. Where you've got a different animation company coming in and doing pretty much whatever they want. Yeah. I thought season one wasn't great. I liked the first episode, but anime, just just the writing of anime just annoys me so much. It's so lazy. So I did not enjoy most of season one.
1: I'm just hearing the legions of listeners who do like anime going, ooh, what do you want about?
0: It's just the constant exposition. It's <laughs> it's so lazy. The anime movies but are then great. then you stole but... my
1: powers. How dare you? How dare yes, you? I know you stole my powers. <laughs>
0: And that even happened in season 2. There's yes. an anime episode in season 2, which I honestly thought was fine. I liked I liked a lot of the animation at least. It's yeah. the same people yeah. who did I think Legend of Korra they did the the Voltron show I like their style but there was one line of dialogue where a character was like oh my goodness you're a Sith I'm it's like this bad guy who's standing there with with his red lightsaber out
1: and I'm like yes <laughs> that lightsaber has been bled <laughs> yeah of course he what are you doing it's just ah uh, just anime anyway I liked it look look let's be fair it can't be as bad as prequel era Lucas dialogue <laughs>
0: That's true. Oh, it's, prob- it's probably on par.
1: <laughs> I like the prequels quite a bit, but there are times.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think, though, because, like, with particularly the voiceover people that they tend to get for the English dubs of anime, they mm. treat it so seriously that I know. <laughs> it annoys me. Whereas with the prequels, there's definitely some lines where Ewan McGregor is just laughing as soon as they cut. <laughs> like,
2: there's some yeah. stuff in there. <laughs>
0: But anyway, uh, uh I liked the odd man episode, you know, the Wallace and Gromit team, they did oh, one. Yeah,
1: that was so good.
0: That that was quite good. My favorite so far has been Screech's Ranch. Uh Screechers Reach, uh, which is really great. It's by the animated team that made a movie called Wolf Walkers, which was in near the top of my list at one point. Great, hmm. like kind of abstract-ish. Almost it it almost looks like a kid's movie, but then It's also horrifying at the same time. Like just, just really cool. I really enjoyed that one. Um, yeah, eh, it's fine. I don't know. You chuck (laughs) it on, you watch one, you're like, that's cool. And then you watch the next one, you're like, that was also cool.
1: (laughs) I think the one that really hooked me was another stop motion one with the two sisters. Oh, that was great. Yeah. And the pollution from the empire and their form of rebellion. That was really nice.
0: In the stars. That one was called. Yeah. That one was also excellent
1: because their their people were in the stars, and that was really emotional. Actually, I really liked that.
0: Yeah, my review for that because I am reviewing them on Letterboxd. My review for that one was: this gosh darn wholesome agenda at Disney has gone too far. <laughs> Me feeling emotions in a Star Wars short, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That one was really good. Yeah, so. no, it was yeah.
1: it was the best of all of Star Wars. Like, I, no, what I mean is. Had the best elements of Star Wars all in one. Yes.
0: Yeah. I like how some of them are trying to be like, the studios are giving their take on Star Wars, which is kind of like what that one is. it's like all the classic parts of Star Wars in a short. Then yeah. you've got like Screechers Reach, which is barely Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, It's just kind of using, I guess the visuals of a lightsaber, <laughs> that's pretty much the only Star Wars <laughs> element of it. Yeah, I like, I like the idea of this show. It sometimes falls flat on its face every now and then, but it is pretty good. I do like it.
1: And I think the thing I love is the ones that fall flat on its face for me, other people are going to love as much as I love uh, the one I just mentioned. Or exactly. A yeah. few of the other ones that I'm just like, wow, this is really cool, really interesting take.
0: Yeah, no, definitely.
1: Which is why you need to diversify your storytelling, which is why we, which is what we said on the TV, best of TV stuff. It was actually great that we got Book of Boba Fett at the start of last year <laughs> and Andor at the end because I love Andor and I mm. quite liked Book of Boba Fett most of the way through. It was right. But I like that they're so different and they do yes. different things and they tell different stories. And the more of that you have, the better. And I think Marvel's suffering from. Maybe not having that at the moment.
0: Yeah, Marvel feels very... Kind of going through the motions a little bit.
1: Yeah. And, and I say that to somebody who loves Marvel.
0: And I guess, like, I haven't seen Mandalorian Season 3, but from the looks of it, that turned into an anthology show as well, which I like the idea of. It's, um, like, yeah, different characters kind of taking over the leads of different episodes and stuff. That's what I, I have seen it. I yeah. don't know anything that happens. I've just <laughs> heard that the Mandalorian isn't the main character anymore.
1: Well, I don't believe that. Okay. It features a few people, as it should, like, um, what's her name? Katie Sackhoff's character. Why have I forgotten her name?
0: Oh, yes, from Clone Wars. I don't remember her name. But
1: she's quite a prominent Mandalorian. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So she should have quite a prominent role in a show that's getting more and more than one Mandalorian these days. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that's what happened. And people are like, oh, the Mandalorian's not even a main character in his own show. A bit like how people complained that the Doctor wasn't the main character when Clara Oswald was there. And I was like, Oh yeah, but he is the main character.
0: It's that sort of criticism, gotcha. It
1: is. And <laughs> yeah. he was always there. Yes. But they also just happened to write a character for the companion instead of just saying, oh no, what's happening now, Doctor?
0: <laughs> exactly. And I mean, at the end of, I mean, halfway through the book of Bob- Boba Fett, his story arc kind of ended anyway as well.
1: Yeah, you got you got a really good capper to what sort of everyone was like what spoilers, but Baby Yoda's going to leave, and then we got him back in Book of Boba <laughs> Fett, which felt yes. like season two point five of Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like it as well. Like my friend Josh was like, I. It's- I just watched season two and then three of Mandalorian. I was like, what happened? I was like, did you watch Boba Fett? And he's like, no, nah, I just read a synopsis
2: for it and <laughs> figured it out
0: from there. I'm like, that's fair. You don't need to watch book of Boba Fett. Yeah. It is, I don't, I don't like how they did that. Just have the Boba Fett is like a six parter focusing on, I don't know, Boba Fett. And then if you want to release those two episodes of the Mandalorian, do it as a special, like, a surprise episode nine of season two or something. I don't know. Yeah. And they could have,
1: they could have done like, what's the psychological impact of being a clone Mm. or something like that as well. I don't know. There's so much more they could have done with it. I liked it. Like I said, but it wasn't what I wanted it to be overall.
0: (laughs) Yes. What's something else that you've got?
1: I'm doing what you've done with some of the animated stuff and I'm jumping back into clone wars, which I loved when it was coming out. That, yes. was, that was my jam. I loved Star Wars. I mean, I always loved Star Wars. <laughs> but I was, I was hooked on that, and I was watching it as it was coming out. Mm-hmm. But then I fell off the wagon a bit when I started to go to uni. Life got in the way. Yes. And then it got cancelled, and then I Rebels came out. And I didn't like Rebels as much as Clone Wars, and I was like, I just thought, could I watch the animated stuff because I'm petty sometimes? Um, <laughs> but I'm getting back to it now because Ahsoka is coming. And Dave Filoni has pretty much said that it's the next season of Rebels, and I don't want to watch Rebels before <laughs> finishing Clone Wars. So I'm going to do yeah a whole lot of Star Wars. I'm going to watch. I was up to halfway through season four of Clone Wars. Now I'm up to ha- halfway through season five. Okay. So I'm going to finish that off. I'm going to watch all of Rebels, mm-hmm. and then Ahsoka is probably going to be the first Star Wars show I don't watch weekly because I'm not up to it. So I probably. Binge Ahsoka when it comes out.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think... Because that starts in...
1: Next month, I'm pretty sure.
0: it Starts pretty soon. How are you going to watch it? Are you going to watch... Are uh, you going to get to the end of Season 6, then do Rebels, then watch Season 7 of Clone Wars? Or are you going to watch it in chronological order?
1: I have been going through chronological order with okay Clone Wars. Um, I'm not sure, because I remember... I haven't seen last season of Clone Wars, but I know... You could try and fit in, like, Revenge of the Sith before the last two or three episodes or something like that, because that's when Order 66 happens. I'm Yes. I'm sort of aware they pay homage to that, so I don't know if I want to do something like that.
2: Mm, yeah, okay.
1: I'll do a bit of reading, hopefully not spoil myself about what people <laughs> might recommend.
0: I've, I think you should be fine just watching it in the order that I guess it aired in. Because the
1: thing is, pretty much every main character survives, because a lot of the Jedi that I actually have grown to love during Clone Wars get very callously wiped out in Episode 3. Yes. (laughs) like Plo Koon, I didn't know who he was when I saw that film the first time, and now I'm like, oh, my God, that was Plo Koon dying?
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) I do like that, how they were like, "Uh, that Jedi who got killed in Episode 3 has a cool design. How about we give him a character
1: now? (laughs) And he's played by James Arnold Taylor, and he's so good. And He's got a beautiful relationship with Ahsoka and I I just love those two together and then he's just like offhandedly oh yeah, that clone just shot his ship down. That's the end of his great (laughs) character. (laughs) Sometimes prequels that have done afterwards are bad. Sometimes. In that when the first time they did it you didn't really care but Mm. now you do. Yeah. So yeah, I I know everyone who dies and everyone who lives because of episode three and I know Ahsoka's coming up in a tv show so i know she doesn't die in yeah. clone wars but yeah I'll, I'll see what order i will go through when i get to that but i've been really enjoying jumping back into um clone wars i saw saw guerrera for the first time chronologically that's
0: right yes yes he was introduced in this before uh before f- the forest took over for rogue one
1: yeah which, which was
0: which was good. Oh yeah, and then you've got season six, which was like a Netflix exclusive. Yeah. It came out like the year that Netflix became popular, and, and they were like, ah, right, we'll do
1: Star Wars. Same year as Daredevil, I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? And it was like Yeah, something oh, wait, like
0: that. Netflix
1: is offering a lot.
0: And that was uh yeah, that was back mm. when Netflix was I don't want to say good, but better <laughs> than it is now.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Speaking of revisiting things. There's a little bit of an explanation as to why I did this. I found during lockdown, I um, watched a lot of TV, played a lot of games, and my attention span got ruined. <laughs> yep. So I wasn't very good at reading. I mean, I, I I could do it, but I just didn't do it for very long. I got a bit bored. And I was also reading really dense books. That's when I pushed myself through the first Game of Thrones book and stuff like that, which That's right. yep. are good books, but they're so... Dense and there mm-hmm. are so many characters and this that, and the other. And I want to get back into the habit of reading. And I have done recently and it's helped improve a few things like my sleeping pattern, which is good. Yep, that's good. Instead of staring at the phone all night, I read a book and then I fall asleep sooner. Uh, and the book that I've been reading is Sir Terry Pratchett's The Color of Magic. Oh, yes. Right back at the start of Discworld. And it's a lot of fun. I've heard this story because I used to listen to audiobooks of Discworld quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I heard it about three times and I read it, read it myself instead of having it read to me once before. So this is like the fifth time I'm getting this story, (laughs) but I don't care. It's like comfort reading.
2: Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah.
1: And Discworld gets better later on. There's, um, I'm sure everyone's heard about the new social media site called Blue Sky, which is Jack Dorsey's new thing. Yep. But on there, there are different feeds and people can create their own feeds and someone created a Discworld one. And it's amazing to have Discworld discourse on a social media platform. That sort of inspired me to go back and read this. And it's sort of a common uh, opinion that the first two books, which are a two-parter essentially, yeah. are not the best Discworld books and they're not the best place to start. Mm. But just to put it out there for anyone who's never read it, if you do start there, just know that this is like parody of a lot of pop culture and dungeons and dragons and all yeah. these magical clichés or clichés about magical magical creatures and it's very fun it's very well written he's got such a good fast-paced writing style that just clicks with my brain really well
0: yeah oh definitely
1: but it grows from there especially as he gives his own personal take on the disc world which if you don't know is this uh, literally a disc which sits on the back of these giant, giant elephants, four of them, (laughs) and they walk around on the back of a giant turtle that is floating through space.
0: Floats through space, that's right. Yes.
1: And uh, it's a lot of fun, and there are various points in history that happened in our world that happened in that one too, a bit like the Industrial Revolution, a bit like uh, various wars or various – I don't know if it necessarily does a specific – salem witch trial for example but there is certainly mm-hmm. there's judgment towards magical or magic using characters who happen to yes. be witches eventually there's judgment against them and stuff like that and so there are 41 books so he does a lot of stuff in these books and it gets really interesting he provides a lot of political commentary He he provides just satire and yeah they're great and i decided to read this because i was familiar with the story so Kind of like with a TV show you've binged before. Not that you can have a book on in the background, but you don't have to focus too much on it. And I just want Mm -hmm. to get back into the habit of reading. And this is a great one to choose because I've had a few few laughs that I either didn't know the meaning of the joke when I was younger or now that I've become quite political, I can see the satire behind something or whatever it is. And it's just been really fun. So I've read The Color of Magic.
0: Ooh, I do like that. I've got the, because um, there was a new uh, series of Discworld audiobooks that came out, I want to say, like, two years yeah. ago. Uh, and I've got them loaded up on my phone. I haven't had a chance to go back to them yet. but
1: It's a great idea, actually, because within the overall story that is Discworld, there are mini-series inside it, pretty much, that follow specific characters. So, like yeah. I said, there are witches. There's the thing called the Watch, which is the city watch, the police force. Yes. Which is probably my favourite group. Uh, because of Sam Vimes, who's the lead character of that. And then you've got Death, the figure of Death, not just the fact that people die. <laughs> but he's got his own series of books. And then there are a few more. And then there are some standalone ones as well. And each series within the Discworld is read by different people. Yes. So Andy Circus reads one of them. He
0: does, um, I can't remember his name, but the guy who plays Merlin in the TV Colin show Morgan. back in the day. Yep, yep. He yeah. is maybe Rinceworld, maybe? I don't No, no, no. I, he might, might be going postal. I, I Oh, remember.
1: excellent. Yeah. Moist fun, Ludwig. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, and Colin gets to use his natural Irish accent, which I didn't even <laughs> realize he was Irish because he's so good in Merlin. Now, on the subject of reading, just so that we can get through this list nice and quickly. Mm-hmm. I've started reading some more comics than I used to, and I'm having a blast. And one of them I read at the recommendation of one James Gunn himself.
2: Ooh. Not
1: that he personally recommended it to me, but he said that the Superman movie that he's writing is somewhat based and inspired by <laughs> Superman Legacy.
0: Ah, uh, classic. Yep.
1: I gave that a read. And uh, that was a lot of fun. I'm yep. not really the biggest Superman fan, but I really enjoyed it. Some really good iconic moments in there, I thought.
0: Yes. I believe... Did they make an animated version of that? I don't remember.
1: They might have. I don't know. Their animations are great. Where the uh, live-action stuff fails, the animation does very well.
0: Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched an animated uh, DC film in quite a few years. I thought it kind of dipped a bit... There was a very ah, uh, I can't remember what I think. The, I think it was after Flashpoint, they dipped a bit for me. But uh, yeah, there's some great stuff in there. I mean, yeah. if you haven't seen uh, is it Under the Red Hood, the Batman one? Oh yeah, yeah, that's a must watch. That is incredible.
1: Yep, it's so good, and it's why people want Jensen Ackles to play Batman. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he would be very good. He would be good. Yeah, actually, that's sort of something. I haven't gone back and watched them, but I've seen them all. I've been watching reactions from a channel called The Real Rejects. Some of the people on there haven't seen them, so they've been watching the animated films, and Mm. it's just a joy to see them absolutely loving them, Mm. especially because a lot of the recent DC stuff, no offence to anybody, just hasn't been very good. (laughs) So it's good to have some sort of DC project that is excellent.
0: Yes, definitely.
1: Also, funny joke in... Dark Knight Returns Part 1, where it said that the head of uh, Daily Planet TV network, Jimmy Olsen, says that the current writer's strikes, now in their seventh year, won't <laughs> impact this year's scheduling. Oh, dear. And I thought that was very poignant or timely. That
0: is a good one. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a bunch in there that I do want to go back to. I, oh, yeah, the last one I saw was Superman... Red Sun, which is what if Superman instead of landing in America landed in Russia. Yeah, and I thought uh, the comic is good. I thought the movie was real bad, but um. Yeah. Oh, and what was the
1: other one? They did they balls up Killing Joke. Oh
0: yeah, Killing Joke was a disaster.
1: Yeah, I I mean that's where Batgirl and Batman hooked up, wasn't it? Yep. That was terrible. That was uh, not how you. They didn't understand Batman at all. No.
0: But I mean, it's also because it's like an incredibly short comic and they wanted it to make it, they wanted to put it in the theaters. So they added their own weird 20 minute intro to pad it out. It's just so bad. I do want to watch The Long Halloween. They did a two part animation of that. Apparently, it's incredibly brutal i believe it's even rated ma in australia like they went oh, wow. really hard on that one that's a great yeah. batman story um but yeah and there's like a weird like batman versus cthulhu that just came out which i kind of want oh, to watch really? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah well th- some of the recent ones have been the crossover with teenage mutant ninja turtles as well <laughs> <laughs> assault on arkham which is the suicide squad one was a lot of fun too
0: that was really fun yeah yeah
1: but yeah so um that's a bit of a tangent, but I read Superman Legacy because it's apparently inspired James Gunn with his uh, movie that he's writing. Mm. Uh, I'm also I haven't read it yet, but I picked up the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which they're doing a Supergirl movie at some point after the Superman one, and I think that's sort of what it's based on. So okay, I wanted to read that.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I haven't seen The Flash yet, but by all accounts, uh, great Supergirls. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, the thing is, I'm sure she's great. I'm sure the cast on the whole <laughs> are hmm. great. Now, that's the thing. I, I said that because I was thinking about Ezra Miller, but the thing is, they're talented.
0: They can act, yeah.
1: They're just crossing too many lines.
0: They can. I, I find their Flash annoying, a little, a, a little annoying. Oh. I think they... They worked well in Snyder, in, in yes. the Zack Snyder Justice League cut, because Zack Snyder yes. doesn't know how to make annoying comedy. He just makes bland comedy. <laughs> <Yes>. so-
1: <laughs> oh, he makes comedy?
0: There wasn't anything for Ezra Miller to really work with.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then it was just awkward person who was clearly supposed to be attracted to Wonder Woman, and then there was the same physical gag that Joss Whedon put in Age of Ultron, Ugh. where an awkward bloke lands on... A woman's boobs, Yeah. like face first, and that was just...
0: so—that was so funny, haha.
1: Ha. Oh, it's so good,
0: Joss.
1: Ha 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 ha, 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 ha. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'm hopeful for future DC stuff. Actually, Blue Beetle looks like it could be a hoot.
0: I like the trailer. I I like the look of the trailer. I don't think it'll do well, uh, but I do like the look of the trailer.
1: I don't think it'll do well for a few reasons. One, DC, just, it needs to get past these films that were made before James has decided, and Peter Safran had decided their direction they're going in. Yeah. But also, it's a pretty niche character. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And also, sadly, even though he seems so excited about it, the lead actor now can't promote it. Yes. Which, by the way, I support the reasons why he can't. I want writers actors and all sorts of creative people to be paid for their work, but it's just unfortunate for actors who are in films that are coming out that they can't promote their own thing now.
0: Yes, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the particularly Marvel stuff can do that. I feel like Marvel might be fine because it's got the brand name behind it, but also the title, The Marvels, doesn't give regular audiences anything to know what that movie's about, so I don't know how some stuff is going to perform. I reckon we'll see... Like, some movies do well because of word of mouth, which will be very good and good to see. Kind of like a Top Gun Maverick scenario. I I reckon that'll happen a bit more.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I don't think Top Gun Maverick did well because of word of mouth. I think it was a whole lot of dads and sons going to see that one. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that could be it. That's true. But also, then, it was word of mouth that actually it's really good. Yeah. Because you and I don't really like the first, and we love the second ones.
0: It was real. What? (laughs) I'm so very surprised. I know. Or it'll just be like, just the IP stuff does well,
1: which uh, might happen. I don't think Marvel's going to have its major box office breaking film for a while. I think when an Avengers film comes out. I think they've just got to get used to that. Marvel's now sort of still quite liked, but the criticisms are becoming very valid. Mm. and those criticisms turn some people off, I'm still going to watch it. They still make millions of dollars, but they're not going to be the biggest film of the year for a while, I don't think.
0: Yeah, no. And uh, maybe that'll happen with DC. That'll take over for a bit. I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what happens.
1: I reckon a new Superman film, just Superman, and if you call it Superman, then people will go and see it. Yeah. Like, I can't believe how much Man of Steel and all of those films as much as I do like a few of them, avoided being Superman as much as they could. It's true. If that makes sense. It's like (laughs) all the elements that people know and love about Superman, because of Christopher Reeve, for example, and because of John Williams, it's like they deliberately avoided that as much as they could.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it worked. I like Man of Steel as a film. I thought it was pretty good. It's
0: fine. I don't know. I don't think any of the Superman movies are particularly great and understand... Why Superman's a good character in the comics? I don't think any. I don't even think the Chris, the Christopher Reeve ones are particularly great. I I like mm. him as Superman, but the writers did not. They they didn't read comics. His powers make no sense. <laughs> they.
1: Do you know what film I still remember liking a lot? I haven't seen it in a while, and I say this fully aware. Oh no! The Director <laughs> is absolutely awful. Oh no! And one of the lead actors is bad. Oh no! I like Superman Returns.
2: That's
0: that's fair, I guess. I I can't. Uh, no,
1: I haven't seen it since I found out about especially the director but also Kevin Spacey. Yeah, but I liked it.
0: <laughs> I remember it being fine. I don't like the ending, but I liked No. I, it mm. was there it was it's it was weird cuz it's like it's set in the modern day but it's also meant to be in between Superman 2 and 3. It's like what is
1: what is this? I didn't get that at all. <laughs> like, I didn't even pick up on that when I was a kid when I first yeah. saw it. And I I haven't seen it since, I'll be honest. It could be a bad movie, but I remember Brandon Routh was great. Mm. They actually used the Superman theme. It looked pretty good. The budget was there. The CGI yeah. was mid 2000s CGI, but not bad for the time. I, I didn't mind it. But yeah, uh, Brian Singer is awful. Kevin Spacey is Terrible. Yeah. As in, as people, I thought his performance was fine, but. Yeah. It turns out he's acting all the time because he was pretending to be a good person.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's the combination of the two of them. Like, I can still watch X Men. Yeah. Which is also directed by Brian yeah. Singer, and I can remove him from them a bit, but with Returns, you've got him and Kevin Space. It's just. Yeah. A, it's just. Uh, it's like
1: with Whedon. I watched Firefly again not long ago, and. He's very talented. He was just really abusive on set, as it turns out. And when I say just, I don't want to minimize that. People who experienced it would have been awful, but he still crafted a good show. For sure. So I can separate him from that, because that show means more to me than his influence on it. It's greater than the sum of its parts, potentially is a good phrase to use.
0: Yeah. And plus it's a, it's a TV show. I mean, he's not involved in every, in every episode. Either. No,
1: exactly, exactly. But, yeah. So, yeah, I've been reading some DC stuff and buying some DC stuff in preparations for, hopefully, DC growing into something really good.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's
1: got the potential.
0: It's got the potential. I think, I trust James Gunn. He's a weird choice for Superman. I don't think his style suits the character really at all, but I'm interested to see him do it.
1: I would have said that before I read Superman Legacy, but... Okay. Seeing some of the stuff in there, like the creatures in there, are very much up his alley.
0: All right. That's good.
1: And then watching the fight in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 between Peter Quill and Ego, mm. and then seeing Adam Warlock in Guardians 3, I think the flying sequences are going to be pretty good. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good.
0: Um, well, speaking of reading, I have also been reading. Um, I've been reading something that I don't, I don't usually read airplane books and by airplane bu- books i mean crime novels you buy at an airport to pass the time but i have been reading one and it's called the dry by jane harper
1: ah yes
0: an australian crime thing i'm watching it because they made a movie adaptation with eric banner and it was the highest grossing australian movie of all time i think or one of the highest grossing grossing Australian movies of all time and I saw the trailer for the sequel and I thought it looked really good so I was like I'll read I'll read the books you know I like mysteries I like crime books I'll read it haven't read an Australian crime novel in a very long time so I picked it up um I've got it on my kindle I've got the audiobook as well uh and, um, and I'm and I'm I'm giving it a read and uh yes I do laugh at stuff that's meant to be serious um, I do find <laughs> a lot of the Australianisms to be very funny.
1: <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, yeah no, I, I get you.
0: But it's a, it's a fun story. It, It's weird as well because I've got the Australian version of the book on my Kindle, but the audiobook is international and they've changed some words because some markets might not know what certain Australian phrases are. So in the book, it's like, I went out into the paddock. But then in the audiobook it's like, I went out into the field. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> and just small changes like that. I just, it's just very entertaining. It's very melodramatic. It's like, I'm a federal police officer. Has an American accent. I'm an Australian police officer. I went out to town that had a drought and all mysteries yeah. and stuff. And it's very like, this is all that Australia knows how to write. <laughs> like this is every cliche, but it's, Enjoyable.
1: well, it's kind of funny. I' felt that way with the film, too. I've seen the film, yeah, and it I'm so used to Robert Pat- Patterson as Batman doing the voiceover he did fits so well for Batman in an American style story. and mm. I think Shakespeare's internal monologues for his characters or little monologues to themselves are really good for a British thing. yes, but I can't take an Australian doing it <laughs> seriously. I can't take some serious Australian drama seriously sometimes, I don't know why, yeah most Australians aren't that way no we're we're not too mellow, we're not too uh, like melodramatic we don't we don't sit on it too much. It's like kind of oh well, that's fucked, but you've got to get on with it, don't you?
0: yeah, no, you're right, and I feel like with the movie though, you've got Eric Banner who I mean he started in sketch comedy, so yeah, I feel like he might bring a a bit of tongue-in-cheek to it. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to watch it.
1: I-, I vaguely remember it. I remember watching it in lockdown in 2021. Yeah, okay. And I was hardly sleeping those days because days meant nothing in lockdown. <laughs> it's true. We did a lot of podcasts in lockdown. We did. We did. <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of... There was a sort of tongue-in-cheek element, but it was a very serious production as well, I, okay. I
0: thought. But I think that works. I watched... um. The Stranger, which was a recent Australian crime thing, Uh, that was Mm. excellent. That was really, really, really good. So, like, it's a bit of a cliche to be like, this new Australian crime drama. But sometimes they can be good. I just feel like the book, the book is exactly what, you know, your aunt reads when... (laughs) getting on a plane coming over and then she <laughs> told you about it but like two weeks later you ask her about the book and she's like i don't remember ever reading that what are you talking about it's that sort of you know very forgettable sort of novel it's fine it's it's fine the bits the writing is okay it does make me laugh every time they're like oh you're one of those city slickers from melbourne aren't you? yes it's very funny <laughs> yep, <laughs> and I don't know. I'm enjoying it. I'm not taking it too seriously. It's a good mystery because um, he uh, he's called back to this town because uh, his best friend appears to have been involved in a murder suicide. So uh, he's trying to get to the bottom of that, and there's like some some childhood secrets and stuff all happening. Uh, it's a bit of it's a bit of fun. Mm-hmm. I'm reading it in between a bunch of Star Wars novels, so uh-huh. having something that's not Star Wars is kind of refreshing,
2: I
1: guess. Yeah. I've got a bit of that lined up for myself, actually, because I read quite a while ago, I read the first in a trilogy about Han Solo. Oh, yes. um, By A.C. Crispin. And then I want to read... That was after I read the first book in a trilogy by Chuck Wendig.
0: That's right, Aftermath.
1: Yes, in that, that trilogy. I want to read the second book in that. And then I'm thinking of reading the second book in the Han Solo trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then I'm thinking of reading the first in the High Republic, The Light of the Jedi, Mm. which I know you really liked. I loved it, yeah. And I think I agree that one of the characters on the front should be played by Jodie Whittaker when they tell that story. Yep. And then I want to read the final one in the Han Solo trilogy. And then I want to read the the final (laughs) one in the aftermath.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's so much. There's so much Star Wars there stuff. There is. And then I'm also like,
1: <laughs> I'm really liking Terry Pratchett. I think I might just keep rereading yep, Terry yep, Pratchett.
0: Yeah, that's me pretty much. Like, that gets to a point in the year where I'm like, all right, I'm back on the reading train. What yeah. new horrors have come out? What new crime mysteries have come out? And like, I have a look. I'm like, all these books. Yeah, I'm going to get them all. And then I just get them. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not reading these, <laughs> I don't have the time.
1: It was a bit like how I saw the gorgeous new covers on the re-release of the Wheel of Time series oh, yes. when the show came out. I was like, oh, that's gorgeous. I'm just going to get that. And I'm like, I struggled reading the Game of Thrones book, which is about the same size. How am I going to get around to reading this? <laughs> but it's sitting there and it does look great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I wanted to I wanted yeah. to read those as well. I um, uh, did not. I I worked my way through the Witcher series, so I'm proud of that. I'm proud that I finished the Witcher oh, good. series.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'll get to it eventually, but it's just one of those ones. Also with books that big, I'm kind of happy to put them aside sometimes. <laughs> yes. And just read like the equivalent of a early Terry Pratchett novel, a couple of hundred pages. And then I'm like, well, look, there's a big story. That was a big event. Maybe there was a big battle that happened and involved a few armies. I could stop there. I'll get back to it. It's like the end of a season of a show mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. So yeah, I, I might do that. Now, I've got a question for you. Yes. Because you've read quite a few Stephen King books, haven't you?
0: Oh, uh, I've read uh, a decent amount, yes.
1: If, I've never read one. Do you have one that you would recommend me starting with?
0: Hmm. Well, I think if you're going horror, the best one to start with is definitely Pet Cemetery. That's what he said okay. is, is one of his favourites. I love that book. <laughs> um, if you want something that's not horror, Mr. Mercedes is
1: really good. <laughs> Okay, yeah. And that's that kick
0: starts ba- that kick starts a, a trilogy that then spins off to the outsider, which then spins off to a different series. I
1: remember that. And then they made an adaptation of it for the TV.
0: Yeah, there's two there's a TV with uh, is it Brendan Gleason with yeah. Mr. Mercedes and then also a TV of The Outsider, but that's that that that's got Ben Mendelssohn and then that's not connected to the other show. Oh. Um, and I believe his <laughs> new book is a spin-off of Mr. Mercedes as well. One of the characters in that and yeah. is getting her own book. That one's really good if you don't want anything too horror-y.
1: Mm, we'll see how I go. I'm usually okay with books for some reason. I think it's because even if it describes something scary, I can tone it down a bit, mm. whereas I don't like horror films and shows because they stay with me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I think Pet Cemetery is pretty good. The, the, the characters are good fun. I mean, you could start with Carrie, but... Ah, <laughs> you, I don't know. That book hasn't aged well.
1: Speaking of Ben Mendelssohn, this will only mean something probably to you and a few a niche section of, of our audience. But watching Secret Invasion, I can't help but think of you. Didn't talk to the scrolls, did d- you, mate?
0: <laughs> didn't call the cops, did yeah, you? You didn't
1: call Shield, yeah. did you, mate?
0: I can't. I can't not hear uh, <laughs> Broden Kelly's impression of Ben Mendelssohn yeah. every time I ever see him. I know. <laughs> that's great. It's great. Uh, speaking of Australian stuff though I've seen a couple movies and I did want to talk about the new Indiana Jones before b- b- before I get there. Um, hmm. A bit of a connection from the dry to a oh, well, and you brought up Stephen King so it also kind of ties together there uh, Australian Ooh. horror film Talk To Me I saw that, got invited to a, to a special event by Letterboxd and I was like, hell yeah I'll go to that. Um, I use your website quite a lot. Yes It's by the Filippo Brothers, you might know them uh, from Rucker Rucker, Australian y- YouTube channel. They made like horror comedy shorts. Hmm. They made a movie called Talk to Me, which has been. The advertising for this has been, uh, has been massive. It premiered at uh, Sundance in January. There was a bidding war between a bunch of different production companies. A24 won, bought the distribution rights, have been especially in Australia, going hard on this one, but there's been trailers for this movie (laughs) pretty much since Evil Dead in, like, March or April. I've been seeing trailers for this every time I go to the theatre. It's about a young woman. She and a bunch of friends have this embalmed hand. You grab the hand. uh, You see spirits. It's like a seance sort of thing. And spooky stuff happens after they give it a shot. And I went into this, let's just say not expecting much because Australian horror films, particularly Australian horror films funded by Film Australia, uh, tend (laughs) to all be the same thing. (laughs) They're the same. It's like kind of spooky stuff said in Australia, Australian accent. uh, No, they got like mummy issues or daddy. You know, there's like some stuff with the family and the monster was trauma the whole time. And the Babadook was great. But we need, we need to stop making every Australian horror film that. There was a film that came out on Netflix called Run, Rabbit, Run, which was just that again. It was just the Babadook again. And I'm, 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 I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I want Australia <laughs> to make something fun. Whenever a movie is produced by Screen Australia, it's sad. And <laughs> yeah, they, we don't make fun stuff here anymore. But I can safely say that has changed. Cause talk to me. Yay! Yes, it has some themes, some stuff going on. It's you know, it's not all uh, all funny scares and that sort of stuff. It it, it is reasonably. I don't want to say deep, but it is about something. Uh, it is also though a ton of fun. Very creepy. Uh, oh, the visual effects. It's all practical. Um, there's some great. Uh, practical effects, some great gore, and just a ton of it, just, it. It's great. I wanted more. My only criticism about it is that I wanted an extra ten minutes at the end because it's so good. It's also basically an Australian Evil Dead movie. So if you like Evil Dead, check this out. It's kind of if it's kind of like an Australian version of the uh, 2013 remake. So I was mainly just watching this, being like, D- "We made this. <laughs> we made." We made this. Australia? We made a good horror. Uh, what we-, we, we did? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't been impressed by Australian yeah. horror films for a very long time. So yeah, it's good. Uh, talk to me. I think it's out in August. Um, not sure when it's on streaming uh, or when it's going to other countries, but in Australia, it's out in August.
1: Okay, it's good to hear because I think you're right. We we often say that Australia does crime stuff quite a lot yes. in films or shows. And, I mean, they're often quite good. Yeah. But it's nice to see things branch out a bit more, and it's also good to see something shake things up a little bit.
0: Yeah, like, we just, like, Australia, we used to have a bunch of good comedies. Like, we were known for uh, The Dish, The Castle, Kath and Kim, all that yeah. sort of stuff, which is all great kind of kind of happened with the merger it was the same team behind that working dog productions made a yeah. movie called the merger that was a great you know classic australian comedy but we just mm. the money for australian media goes towards shows on commercial tv featuring the same five comedians <laughs> or a crime dramas or a cheap horror movies that are just the babadook again <laughs> <laughs> like, we don't we don't stem out, and so I'm glad that yeah. we're getting something like this and that and also it's not just the fact that we're getting a movie that is different. it's also the fact that it's really good <laughs> like it's it's really, really, really good and i i mean a twenty four bought it, and people follow them. they're just a film distributor, but people follow them like they follow Marvel. They are a a brand unto their own. So they they release good stuff. They do. They really do. Yeah. And so I for them to release this, I think is also gonna put definitely the directors, but I think Australian horror into yeah I we just might get a lot more of these, which I which I'm really hoping for. That there's already talks of a sequel, but Mm -hmm. if we get I don't know if like Australian horror becomes a thing because we're great at visual effects as well. A lot of oh, yeah. CG gets done down here, but also our practical effects are incredible. We do the practical effects for so many movies.
1: And our crews are noted as being some of the most professional and hardworking crew members in the industry exactly people love working with australian creatives
0: and i think the new evil dead movie was even filmed either here or or in new zealand which is basically Mm. australia if it was filmed in new zealand so
1: i'm gonna let you say that one
0: (laughs) so we're really good at this but to have Mm. an australian production make something like this i think is Is great. Makes me very proud.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah. This reminds me of a little thing from a guy called Reese Muldoon, who you probably know from Play School. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he's most well known for, even though he's a great actor beyond that. I think one of the reasons why our industry only ever makes the same old thing is because the budgets for it are continually cut and very limited. This is true, yeah. And Adams Zouar, who's another Australian actor, he said that Australian writers and actors support the US writers and actors. And then Reese retweeted that and said, Australian actors and writers only know the term residuals as that bit they fold into your contract as prepaid. Mm. So we stand well and truly behind our US counterparts. Admittedly, I've cashed the odd $30 check. And then he says, hot tip, the Bluey creators aren't rich. Yep. So our, our industry just doesn't. We don't have the right sort of workers' rights when it comes to creative industries.
0: Yeah, I know people who worked on like uh Ronnie Chen had an ABC TV show back in the day. I know people mm. who were cast members in that who still work a 9 to 5
1: <laughs> as well. Yeah. And um, yeah. Well, oh, the guy who was the lead actor in two seasons of Underbelly, mm. again the crime show, he was also laying bricks during the day. Yep. I can't believe it. I mean, I can because I'm trying to get into that industry. It's Mm. bloody tough down here. (laughs) It is. (laughs) Yeah,
0: but also though, like we see that with cast members of Orange Is the New Black were working hospitality while that show was on Netflix, and it was the most popular show on Netflix for a while.
1: And the writer of the Daredevil episode of She-Hulk got three hundred (laughs) and sixty something (laughs) dollars in residuals beyond what he was paid to actually write the thing but afterwards $360 what the hell is that yep it's uh, pretty (sighs) bad pretty bad yeah so we support the strikes keep it up and pay your writers
0: do you have anything else to mention I've got one thing left but I I don't have a whole lot to say about it
1: yeah I've got one more thing
0: well then I'll uh, well speaking of not making much money uh, in the (laughs) cinemas right now is Indiana Jones (laughs) and the title of (laughs) (laughs) I went and saw the new indie. I rewatched all of them before it as well. That original trilogy is. I mean, Temple of Doom has its issues, but that original trilogy is yeah, so good. It's so good. I love it. And Crystal Skull, it's bad, but it isn't as bad as everyone says it is. I don't know. It's just kind of boring.
1: No, I've always <sighs> said that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of boring. Has a few good set pieces. Has the the new uh, go-to phrase, when something goes too far. Yep. Nuking the fridge. Nuking the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of jumping the shark. But it's still kind of fun.
0: Yeah. So, I don't know. I love Raiders. I love Raiders a lot. Yeah. I was a big Raiders boy. I feel like every Indiana Jones fan has their go-to film. Like, some people like Temple, some people like Crusade. I was more in the Raiders camp. Um, I really love how they made... Just a cheesy throwback to 40s adventure serials. Um, and when they were like, we're bringing it back, we're bringing it back, we're doing Indiana Jones 5. I was like, you're recasting, right? Because <laughs> I feel like that's kind of what they should have done. But no, we, we've got Harrison Ford back again for the fifth Indiana Jones movie. This time as Nazis again, but it's the 60s. Uh, Philly, Phoebe waller Bridge is there as his goddaughter, Antonia Banderas, is in it for a a second Boyd Holbrook and Mads Mikkelsen and the bad guys, and mm. I don't, I don't know, man. It's fine, it's fine,
2: <laughs> it's
0: fine. I love James Mangold as a director. I think he's really good. I love Logan. Yeah. Um, he did Ford v Ferrari, which was, yes, admittedly, a dad movie, but I thought it was really fun. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> it, and so I was excited to have him in here. I, I just. I don't have a whole lot to say about it because I think it's fine. It's perfectly Mm. fine.
1: Did he also do The Wolverine?
0: Yes, he did. Well, that was... uh, Yeah, technically he did The Wolverine, but there was a lot of studio interference on that one. Oh, yeah, fair enough. They made him change it from an MA movie to M like halfway through production.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, is it kind of like that in terms of quality where it's sort of fun enough?
0: Yeah, I'd say it's closer to The Wolverine than... Definitely his two latest movies, yeah. Yeah. I feel like as soon as the first trailer came out as well, I had suspicions. I was hopeful when they were like Phoebe Waller-Bridge and James Mangold. I was like, that's oh, a yeah. great. Those two are amazing. Yes, this will be fun. And they were like, we're doing the Nazis again, but it's in the 60s. I was like, awesome. Yes, you go back to the roots. Um, I just want to see Indiana Jones punch some neo-Nazis. That's what I want. <laughs> uh, and Harrison like,
1: Ford was asked about it and he says- I can't see a world where you don't punch a Nazi or something like that is what he said. <laughs> and I was like, ah, you're great. <laughs> I love watching him in like the interviews for this
0: movie because, I mean, when Force Awakens came out, it, he doesn't really care about Star Wars. Harrison. No. You know, it gets him money. <laughs>
1: but... <laughs> yes. And he came back so that he could be killed off so that they wouldn't make more afterwards. Exactly. With Han Solo.
0: But he likes Indiana Jones. They are the same character. They're the same. They're the same character, but he likes Indiana Jones. So I'm glad he likes it. I'm glad that he's back. I uh, it it is fun to see him again. It is. No- I do want
1: to see it. I'm keen.
0: Yeah, it's nostalgic to hear the theme song, and you know, a a brand new J- J- John Williams score in a theater is nostalgic. It does kind of, you know, it, it's exciting. It's fun. Um, it it's just, it's just it's just not the same and yeah like that kind of hit me as soon as the first trailer came out where it was like there's a man with a legacy His grey man he's doing stuff and things he's all the legacy of Indiana Jones and I'm like that's not how you market this
1: was it really a legacy of Indiana Jones he's not a ca- he's only
0: a character in the last crusade because you've got his dad and that's part of the reason why I don't like that movie as much as Raiders is because you give him a character Indiana Jones is action adventure man with a whip that's. This is a silly franchise, at least to me, this is a franchise that's a throwback to stuff from the 40s where they didn't do character. That's what Indiana mm. Jones is. To have the trailer be like, the great legacy of Indiana Jones, I'm like, no, that's, that's not how you market this at all. If I was to market it, I'd be like, ah, it's 1960s. I'm a, a, a voiceover from this time. There's war, adventure, bam, bam. Like jump cuts and just ch- cheesy
1: f- Yeah, font. You so market the it. The thing is, the marketing was for the people who love it and people are justified in loving it. It's a great franchise. But it was kind of just playing on the feelings, like with the slow, bom, ba, dum, bom. Yeah, exactly. Bom, ba, dum. And it just, they didn't have to do that,
0: um, and nah. that <laughs> people were going to see it anyway. Yeah,
1: I mean they didn't obviously, but I think <laughs> they marketed it wrong.
0: I think, look, it is kind of it. Te- technically, it is a box office bomb. Technically, it hasn't yeah. made its money back, but it's not a complete disaster. I feel like it'll do no, well on streaming.
1: <laughs> I also want to put it out there: it is a cost of living crisis.
0: Oh yeah, people can't afford to go to the movies
1: anymore. <laughs> Globally, it's like. It- I saw two films today. They both cost $28. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, oof, that was a bigger hit than I thought it was going to be. But they were great films, so yeah. <laughs> I'm not complaining. But yeah, no, things are things are expensive. And maybe think about it like this. The dad wanted to go and see the last Indiana Jones movie. The wife wanted to go and see something else. The kids wanted to go and see Barbie.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, let's all go and see Barbie. Exactly. So I, I reckon... I hate the opening weekend box office comparison, but Indiana Jones has been out for a few weeks now. so mm. It is definitely not doing as well as other films, but we should look at the context of the times we're in as well.
0: Yeah. And also, kids don't care about a 90-year-old man with a whip.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you
0: yeah. um, know. The movie itself, it treats the characters the same way that the trailers did, unfortunately. It's like, hey, look, it's that person. Hey, look, that person's back. And I'm like, I- I- okay, that's not why I watch these movies, but okay, I'm that, that that's fine, I guess. I think for me, I'm nostalgic hearing the theme song. I'm not nostalgic seeing Sala again. I'm like, "Oh, it's the it's just an, it's just Gimli. Hi, it's Gimli. He's back." I'm like, "Okay, it's an actor. Great. I don't know. That's not why I watch these movies." Um, there's some great moments in here. There's a few action sequences that are really really impressive and i think james mangold has created a fun movie here it's too long it's two and a half hours just keep it at two hours outside of raiders i feel like all the indiana jones movies that's slightly too long anyway but that's the spielberg Mm. for you um
1: what is it with people who film on film have been making films for years like to go for too long yeah nolan and nolan and spielberg
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a bunch of others but no you're right and yeah that's the other thing as well that that original trilogy I love how grainy it I, I love the quality of it I love how it looks like it was made in the 80s when you make an Indiana Jones movie and you shoot it on digital even if you are doing practical stunts and there are a few in this that are very impressive mm. it, it doesn't it doesn't hit hard for me because I don't watch Indiana Jones for it to look nice. I, I kind of mm. want it to look bad because it's kind of, you know, it's meant to be set in the 40s. I don't think it's particularly impressive when yeah, you, you've got these math, like this movie cost $400 million. It should, it, it shouldn't have. Make this on 50. Then I feel yeah. like it would be in the spirit of what Indiana Jones is.
1: Then it would get the Deadpool treatment where they worked really hard to make it look good for not much money, the exactly. first Deadpool, and then it would be pretty good. You know, I was thinking about that, film and digital, because the two films I watched today, Barbie was done digitally, yes. and Greta Gerwig, who I just adore, she's amazing, mm-hmm. she said she loves film, she loves working with it, she just thinks that's a great medium, a, a bit like how a lot of people like um vinyl yeah. records. Yeah. And I c- kind of get it, but I'm not wedded to either one. But she said, because it's so plastically, because... Barbie is so colourful, she wanted the so rich colour that came from digital. Oh, definitely. So she shot this on digital compared to Little Women, which she did Mm -hmm. on film. And then I watched, obviously, a Nolan film is on film and it's on IMAX. (laughs) And he created a new IMAX film reel to be able to do it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Black and white. And, I mean, it looks great. But, yeah, I I usually prefer clear image. But I, I think I get what you mean. Yeah. I think... There's something about it because it's also set earlier than when the original ones were made. So why not make it look like it was shot then too?
0: Yeah, I'm like for a Star Wars. Yeah, you want it to look crisp for yeah a Marvel thing. You want it to look like that as well. Um, but
1: for my camera, I'd 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 love a camera that shoots eight K. For you know yeah, (laughs) no, definitely definitely great stuff.
0: Like it's impressive when you do it. But Indiana Jones, I don't think mm. should be a franchise that you do this
1: with. I think the biggest thing for me, I saw two of the trailers, and I don't know what the sequence is, but sequence in a storm on a train.
0: Oh yes, the de aging sequence.
1: Ah, uh, maybe. Okay, I didn't even notice that. But I just thought that just doesn't feel real enough, and I don't know how that happens if you spend. $400 million on it.
0: Yeah, the movie does open with a... And this isn't... It's not really a spoiler because everyone's kind of talking about it. I think it, yeah. it was in the trailers. But it does open with a 20-minute long sequence of D.H. Harrison Ford um, yeah. set during World War II. And yes, it at times, it looked pretty incredible. I was like, that yeah. looks like him. The movement, it's the same with Robert De Niro in The Irishman, where he's yeah. meant to be playing someone or, who's 40.
1: <laughs> but Sam Jackson yeah. in... Any of the stuff where he looks younger. Exactly. Speaking of which, it looks incredible in some shots. Like, actually, any of the scenes. There are a few mild spoilers in Secret Invasion. Okay. Because they met in 95, the characters, so they slightly flashback. Oh, only a few scenes. Yeah. But they look flawless. That's really good. It's scary how good they look.
0: Yeah, I think it It can't. I don't like Luke Skywalker in the TV <laughs> Star Wars. Star.
1: No, it looked really bad. <laughs>
0: looks awful, but and have you
1: seen the guy that they got playing him? That they then yeah, put... just have him play Luke. It <laughs> would have done it fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
0: I think the technology that they have in Dial of Destiny, it looks pretty good. Hmm. There's some sequences. There's a a car chase scene that was entirely shot on green screen. I think that just it. I don't. I don't get why you would do that with Indiana Jones. That's not it. Like, you just. Harrison Ford did most of his own stunts, at least for Raiders and Crusade. And that's why those movies, like when he's hanging off the tank, he's actually hanging off a tank. Like, that stuff looks great. So to then be like, oh, car chase, but saw Sean green screen, that didn't look great. And yeah, the final act of this movie is. I would say it jumps the shark, but they've done aliens, so I don't know if it necessarily <laughs> does. I kind of, I, I kind of liked it. I kind of liked the final <laughs> act of
1: this movie. I kind of liked the aliens part, so I'm, I'm sure it's fine. <laughs>
0: I the whole time I was like, they're, they're gonna shit the bed. The final act of this movie is gonna be terrible, and they, they, they kind of do, but it's, it's funny and it's mm-hmm. cheesy and it <laughs> makes sense for something like if you're making fun of a serial from the 40s. Yeah, they do and I'm watching them right now and Old but a goodie. Yeah, they would do this in in okay. something from the 40s. So I yeah, I I kind of liked it. It it's yeah. All like it's a very average movie. Um it'll be interesting to see if it lands on any of our top lists at the end of the year. I I have I've seen like a total of 30 movies this year. I am very behind my average. Uh so yeah, you are. I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but... Um, I'm about
1: on my average, which is pretty good. Okay, that's
0: good, that's good, that's good. I, I, don't, I haven't talked to Adam in a bit, so I don't know uh, mm. what he thinks of this movie or where it is ranking in his list, but, uh, yeah, it, it's...
1: I think he holds the originals in quite high regard. I mean, yeah, me
0: too, though. Like, just rewatching oh, they're them, they're, they're, so, they're so good, they're so good. Yeah. So, I don't know. Any Jones and the Dial of Destiny it shouldn't have been this expensive and it makes sense that not many people really care. (laughs) So, (laughs) it's fine, I guess. I don't want to say that when Disney bought Lucasfilm, they ruined Star Wars. I don't think they did. I think, you know, like, it's fine. Star Wars without George Lucas works. But Indiana Jones without George Lucas and Spielberg? I don't (laughs) know. I don't know. Mm. I'm not sold. And I don't, no, I just reboot it if they're going to do it again. Just reboot it at this point. Just cast an unknown and just just go from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's your final thing to talk about, Reese?
1: Oh, well, my final thing is actually a game. I haven't actually gamed very much, but my PS5 is the bundle edition, which came with God of War Ragnarok. Ooh, yes. And I thought, I want to play that. But I haven't played any of the others Boy And I've heard that you could play the 2018 one mm-hmm. Just on its own So I, I tried doing it about three times And I was like, there's something not working for me And I couldn't figure out what it was okay. And I'd, it wasn't necessarily that I wasn't invested in the story I sort of had a vague idea of stuff that had happened And they're hinting at some stuff Like, boy's mother <laughs> Boy Boy Exactly, boy of war, boy of war. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know they hinted at stuff to do with his mother and stuff like that. Yep. And then I kind of figured that it felt really clunky, and I don't know why. So I went into the settings and I changed some around, mm-hmm. and then I made it feel a lot smoother and a bit like some other games I've played. And then I got a lot further into it yep. than I had. Yeah. And I basically only gotten up to fighting the stranger, which I've done now three times. <laughs> I'm yes. pretty sure. But I've gotten beyond that now and I've gone to some of the other worlds in the Yggrazil, mm. which is such great mythology, of course. But, yeah, no, it's it's a really beautiful game and I'm starting to follow the story a bit more. I do think uh, Kratos is just a little bit too harsh with uh, Atreus. Yeah. But then again, so is Joel with Ellie in The Last of Us and then I'm sure there's going to be a touching moment and I'm going to go... Oh my god, that's what a dad does. And it's going to be really emotional.
0: I mean, his whole character for the other God of War games is, I kill all the gods. I
1: kill more, and <laughs> And I sleep with all the ladies. Yeah,
0: I'm a man. Let's um, go yeah. the whole Men, 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 men.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait to see Barbie. Because that reminds me of... A bit of a line, a bit of a storyline in that, and it'd be great to talk about that. <laughs> okay, excellent. Can't wait. <laughs> oh, it's, it's such a good movie. It looks so shallow, as it should, because Barbie is so shallow, but it tells the story just perfectly. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Excellent. Um, but yeah, so uh, God of War. It's just called God of War, isn't it? The 2018 one.
0: Yeah, it was just God of War, and then Ragnarok yeah. is the new one, yeah.
1: Which Alina Pierce helped write.
0: Ooh, yes, she did one of our own? Yeah, so Australian. I look forward to that. Yeah, yeah,
1: Australian, exactly. But yeah, no, I, I, I'm liking this so far. I haven't played in a few weeks just because life's been so busy. But <laughs> yep, it's uh it's a good game, and I look forward to more. I've finally kind of like either cracked the code of do I want to bother playing it, but probably more. It felt so clunky the way it was before that I just wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. So I customized, switched some of the controls around, and it felt a lot better. And so I'm powering past the bits that I got stuck at previously and really liking it. Hell
0: yeah. Yeah, I love that game. I haven't played Ragnarok because I. it's the same with Horizon 2. I just... Oh, I'm yeah. Like, I want to play it on PS5, but I've still got a 4, um, so I'm just like, ah, do I buy a 5? I can't afford that.
1: And they're so big too. Yeah. Like the... Um horizon games
0: they are massive yeah um particularly hmm. two i think it's like a hundred hours or something for the main oh story it's ridiculously yeah. large
1: and i just i mean the first one's great i haven't finished it but i love it so far
0: yeah it's it's, it's really good and it's gonna yeah. be the same with spider-man too i'm right? like i don't oh. know how i'm gonna play it i don't know when i'll ah. play it it'll be delayed that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played jedi survivor either because i just don't
1: oh i played that great game okay
0: yeah great Oh, I mean, my PC could run it, but I played one on PS4, so I feel like I should play it with a controller.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I get you with that. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I liked one. One was pretty fun, but two, it's like the difference between Arkham Asylum and Arkham City.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Because you know how that felt so much more dynamic and you could do gliding and things like that. Some of the abilities you have in this feel so much more fluid than the first one. So that's, it's really good.
0: That's, yeah, that's great to hear. I liked, I liked Fallen yeah. Auto. It was, it was fun.
1: I, yeah, I definitely had, I like the story the most.
0: Yeah, I definitely had some small gameplay issues with it. So mm. if two feels more fluid, then that is, that is exactly what I wanted. So
1: excellent. Yep. Very good. All right. Uh, that's my whole list. Excellent. So thank you very much for listening, everybody. And we're sorry for the delay, but we also said from the very first episode that this, podcasts will be quite casual and when real life gets in the way or jobs or opportunities get in the way we will focus on those and we'll be able to get back to this because this is our little baby and we can do what we want (laughs) with it and we can we can prioritize things around it yes i mean it around other things
0: uh yes that's yes
1: that is proper English That's it. way of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, uh, thank you for listening. And we will be back soon because I really want to talk about Barbenheimer. Although you're going to do Oppenheimer, aren't you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing Oppenheimer then Barbie. I like yeah. Hard then Fun. Um,
2: yeah, and, and yeah. to
1: be honest, I think that would be the better way to go. Not saying either one detracted from the other one, mm. but with a Nolan film, you want to think about it, and I think it would be really good to have that kind of going on in the back of your head mm-hmm. while you're having a lot of fun with what Barbie is, because it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm very excited for I'm I am actually excited for Oppenheimer. I thought that Tenant was kind of bad. I thought Dunkirk was <laughs> also kind of bad. So I am excited.
1: Hey, Sandro, <laughs> could you tell me the name of the main character in Tenant? Oh,
0: the protagonist. Fuck. Yes. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I like Nolan sometimes, but is I just he needs a co-writer. He needs a co-writer.
1: <laughs> I like him a lot, but yeah. He probably does. Yeah. <laughs> At least with Batman, it was a established world and he was just using ideas that he liked. Yeah. Whereas on his own, I mean, I really like Interstellar. That's fair. It's good. And I really like Oh, Inception's one of my favorite all time movies. Mm, definitely. But yeah, no, there are certainly things I want to say. I think every movie I might have mentioned it recording earlier but I certainly told you every movie since Dark Knight Rises and including that one has just been too long. Yeah. So he needs another draft or a co-writer like you said.
0: And also if a movie is three hours chuck in an intermission I miss them. I'm doing old movies for oldie buddy goodie. <laughs> Intermissions are great they're so good. I love them. Just yeah. put it halfway through the film <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like I'm like I'm really excited for Martin Scorsese's new movie it's four hours long. Chuck in an intermission
1: oh my please. Oh <laughs> I've got a bit more I could say about that, and I'll wait until you've seen Oppenheimer so it makes sense. Okay. Uh, but, yeah. Our next episode, we'll be talking about Barbenheimer, Oppenbarb, whatever you want Oppen- to call it. I've seen a few Bar- variations on it. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work as well. Barbenheimer does work. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen variations on that, and uh, I think they're going to be very interesting films to talk about. Two Two very different films in one episode, and I think that's what everyone's loved about <laughs> the whole... Barbenheimer cultural event.
0: Yep. It is a cultural event, which is, it's funny. I find that funny. It's hilarious.
1: I do too. (laughs) And it all came down to the fact that I think, I think it was experts said, well, it's not really a competition because they're very different films. Not everyone's going to see the same, you know, not the same people are going to see the two films. And then everyone's like, I'm going to prove you wrong. We're
0: going to go to both. And I think as well, like it's a year where, Aside from Mario, pretty much everything's bombed. Like all the big movies are not doing well this year. So to have so much internet buzz around Oppenheimer and and Barbie, that's great. Yeah. I want Barbie to be the number one movie of the of the box office. That'd be very. I funny. think it is.
1: Uh, based on the screening I went to, there were nowhere near as many people in Oppenheimer as Barbie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Oppenheimer is also M A. So it you know.
1: is. Oh, and there's some random reasons why, and we'll get into it next time we record, Ooh. but some things took me by surprise. <laughs> I
0: already know what the scene is, so yeah. <laughs> I yeah, already... sex
1: in a Nolan film? <laughs> My what? My goodness, we see Cillian <laughs>
0: Murphy's penis? I don't think we do. Not quite. Ah, damn.
1: All right, thank you very much for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
0: Farewell, and until next episode, keep eating those ants. No, don't do that.
1: <laughs> Eat the popcorn? Yes At the cinema? That's it When you go and see Barbie and Oppenheimer
0: I mean it'll cost you an extra 20 bucks But yeah Go for
1: go, it go, go. Oh, Tell me about it <laughs>